Please be advised, this episode contains major spoilers for Season 2, Episode 8 of The Mandalorian. Proceed at your own risk. If you should manage to finish your quest, I would have you reconsider joining our efforts. Mandalorians have been in exile from our homeworld for far too long. A friendly piece of advice. Assume that I know everything, like the fact that your wrist launcher has fired its one and only salvo. In order for her to wield the Darksaber again, she would need to defeat you in combat. We're being boarded. How many life forms? None. One X-Wing? Great. We're saved. Are you a Jedi? I am. He is strong with the Force. But talent without training is nothing. I will give my life to not be safe until the masters is in I'll see you again. I promise. May the force be with you. High Tea with Monsters, Rebel Scum, and Vigilantes, and welcome to the Mandalorian Season 2 finale discussion. We are on Chapter 16, The Rescue. This is Brett, and with me as always is my co-pilot, Steven. Steven, who are we rescuing today? Oh, we're rescuing Grogu! And who do we have with us in the uh, standing up, leaning over the two pilot chairs, as always, in these ships? There's always somebody leaning over in the cockpit. Yeah, I'm like uh, Leia, like yeah. telling Han, like, Lando system, that's not a real system. Lando system. Lando system. Lando system. <laughs> who are yes. you? Uh uh, but yeah, this is uh, Alex Patanos. I am uh, glad to be back on the show. Thanks, thanks again for having me, guys. This is another crazy episode, and I'm very glad to be a part of it. Well, um, are you? Did you have any like edits for for Steven today? Are we? Uh, are we going to kick the show I, off I, right, right away? I don't. I yeah, I have no corrections or fact checks. I feel like I've really dropped the ball. You know, I it's don't know. Maybe I. It's because I've I'm ninety nine percent correct, so yeah. you know it you takes a lot one. to find my errors and faults. <laughs> you got your, you got, you got one, you got one in. So I guess it'll be another ninety nine years before. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, you know we need C three PO to tell us the odds on this one of like how how often is it that someone can come in and back check Stephen on yeah. Star Wars knowledge. Well, we won't have C-3PO, but I think uh, it sounds like uh, G-Striker might pop into the into the pod pit any moment now. Hello. Thanks for having me back again. Hey, Alex. I'm Striker, by the way. <laughs> hey, Striker. I'm Alex. Yeah, hey, great Alex. to meet you. Good to yeah, meet you, too. I've, I've, enjoyed, I've enjoyed you coming on the pod and, and when, when I've heard you on the pod as well. Sweet. And cool. Yeah. Yeah, I provide comic relief and voices. <laughs> 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 Let's get started and talking a little bit about this episode, but before we go into a deep dive, and certainly, as you probably heard in the cold open clips thing, there are going to be lots of spoilers, so 
please, 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 if you haven't watched the episode, watch Just don't listen the episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So first things first, let's talk a little bit about the composer and um, his work. So, and I'm going to probably butcher his name, uh, Ludwig Göransson, uh, adding a Swedish lilt to that. Or Ludwig, um, Ludwig Göransson, <laughs> if sure. not. Sure, oh. exactly. Um, and the work that he's done on this season in particular um, has been really fantastic. And this episode, I'm going to say something that's that's crazy. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. So when we find when we when we have Luke de hood with, you know, in front of in front of all the folks there and there's they bring in the force theme from John Williams score. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. I was so emotional. I think every time I've watched it and I've watched that scene a lot, I couldn't hear that. And I was so, and and then I afterwards was really miffed. I was like, why didn't he loop in any of the John Williams score into this? And I was like so mad about it. And then when I listened to it on its own on, on like Spotify, I was like, Oh, it's there. Did they, and then I I said it to Alex and, and I'm like, and he's like, did they, did they, did edit, did they edit it out? Mm-hmm. Like, and then sure enough, it is there. I think it's just yeah, that it's there. I was crying every yeah. time. Yeah. So the first <laughs> time, the first time I watched it, I was so like, so scared. like from um, basically when they get into the tunnel, like I'm so I was so scared, like watching it by myself in my room at 3 a.m. on a Friday morning like I, I just didn't hear things I was just like watching and so by the time that the that the x-wing roars in I I actually couldn't even see like I was like is that the Millennium Falcon because at first with me the x-wing is coming in with the wings closed I was kind of like oh I is that like the the um cockpit of the falcon coming in as a, as a line with like a circle so i was like oh are we gonna start like hearing like themes of characters but then i just like i just like didn't think about it again because from then on you're just kind of gripping like whatever is nearest to you watching yeah. it and then i just rewatched it right away the whole episode again and then i woke my kids up and watched it with them and then I just kept watching it throughout the day. But like, I think it was like my third go through that I finally heard the the Skywalker theme and it was just ridiculous. Like I was, I was paralyzed <laughs> and I didn't, I couldn't move. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. And um, uh... yeah, it was insane. It was just like the, the most amazing, like spine like just like tingles down your spine moment like and if you weren't already mm-hmm. crying like a baby which 19 people who texted me were doing that morning um you began crying immediately. oh i i <laughs> was in bed and it woke up amanda and because i watched i didn't watch it quite as early you're crying woke her up yeah i was like <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure at one point i was just like look uh, yeah <laughs> Uh, <laughs> was she furious at you that that was like she didn't like hear what I said because oh, okay. I was just like it yeah. just cry talking yeah as I, I was, I was surprised on my phone in bed I was surprised to catch you like having already seen it that early in the morning because normally you're like Brad I can't watch it because I have a job like I'm like with you like and yeah. I was just like oh okay like but you were like holy shit I've already watched it twice <laughs> like wake your brother up in California <laughs> so yeah. 
um like just to get back to like why that was even a like a thing so um let's just call him Ludwig (laughs) (laughs) so Ludwig Gorenson um he is oh wow he's younger than me uh that's amazing okay so he is a Swedish composer conductor record producer uh known for scoring um the Creed and Creed 2 films Venom Tenet which is obviously right now out um on streaming great Uh, job with Tenet yeah, it's, a, it's that's I'm, that's big with the, the the music going back and forth and forward and backwards and playing on in on itself. So when they both come at the same time, and, and you have multiple. Don't spoil anything. About uh, we're not we're not here to spoil that film. All yet, right, okay. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I will add too that I, I really liked his theme for the dark um, um, troopers. troopers as well. That that yeah. Was... So that's my favorite. So there, that's actually that goes through three songs. So the album, yeah. the album for volume two of season two mm-hmm. Mandalorian soundtrack came out yesterday on Apple. Okay. And obviously they didn't release it until yesterday because the names of the tracks uh, were spoilers for the episodes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, like Ahsoka Lives is the name of one song, obviously. So like if they had released <laughs> that back in, in November, like that would have fucked all of the season. Yeah. Um, but interestingly enough, like he he collaborates with uh, with Childish Gambino, um, and he is a Grammy Award winner for Record of the Year, Song of the Year. Um, he's worked with Chance the Rapper and Alicia Keys and Travis Scott, and so he's kind of like a jack of all trades in the composer space. Um, and I thought he was a really interesting choice and a very young choice too to to very step young. in. Um, when John Williams was not the choice for Mandalorian, mm. um, kind of a bold decision to to pick a 36 year old guy to to invest in your first live action Star Wars uh, film with, um, but he actually did the score for Black Panther, so that's mm. kind of cred wow. already for him with uh, you know with with the Marvel Disney universe, mm-hmm. um, so probably some favorable inroads for him, um, but. Jesus, like I, that entire, all of the music from this episode and really throughout this season, but especially um, notable were like the theme for Bo-Katan and yep. that, again, that like real like bassy in your blood and veins dark trooper theme yeah. called the trooper, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus, and- like that, that like haunted my nightmares last night, some of that music yeah. and really set the stage for this episode like the bar was set so high for right um the sound this right just well and that, pa- that paired with the high repetitive notes it, it took me back i don't know if you guys ever played halo but back in the day when they first introduced the flood yeah. in halo which is just like this race that always just keeps coming at you no matter what it's that kind of high it's like, oh no, I can't do anything. They're all over me. So it's like the same thing with the dark troopers like coming at you and punching doors and like, you're yeah. like, oh, you're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, actually, so I, as we all know, and I know we have a dark troopers section coming up in a little bit, but like the, the dark troopers are from the dark forces video game. Mm. And I've been trying to find, I remember having that same experience when a dark trooper would show up in dark forces. Oh, yeah. You'd hear a noise and you'd be like, Oh, I'm screwed. Like this is yeah. it. Like I'm I'm <laughs> yeah. about to die. Yeah. And it was like this very very distinct noise. And I spent about an hour this morning trying to find that noise on like yeah. YouTube clips and stuff like that. But it was all just like a bunch of Twitch 
streamers. So anytime I would hear the noise, it would just be like, you know, a Twitch streamer just like screaming over it being like, ah, so I can't confirm whether they've actually sampled that in or not. But I Mm. feel like the, the actual noise of the, the theme to me reminds me of the, of the dark troopers, even going back to the moment when we first saw the dark troopers in, uh, the whatever episode that was where they come down and they were they steal grogu i remember hearing that and that was even before we knew they were dark troopers and being like this this is it i think these are dark troopers so there was a song that was released i mean this is gonna like striker probably has heard this steven and alex know you guys are younger um than we are but like 1988 and 1991 uh disneyland disney world released soundtracks uh (laughs) for their rides uh the music of disneyland walt disney world and epcot center and there was a song called the droid rooms which sound it's like a three minute long song that used to play while you waited in line at the first star tours like or like hung around captain eo when that was <laughs> yeah, a ride that's what like i was a, gonna a ask if it was like a captain yeah. eo thing that was no it was a star time. wars thing oh, it was back wow. from right when they launched star yeah when you, there was only one storyline in star tours and you just like yes we're on that one ride and you were like waiting in line there yeah. and it's very electronica and um like I think somebody like made another one eventually in like the 1991 version called "I Want to Weld Your Hand" or something and got all like, yeah, it was very geeky. But yeah. my brother and I used to listen to that soundtrack because our parents had it, and um, that this that song reminded me. So we have to find that and sample that here, Stephen. It's so funny. But yeah. that was what I was rem- reminded of um, when I first heard that because it's very like the hissing of the tubes coming off with the oil and everything. Like it was it. Oh my god! When you guys hear it, I've got to find it for you. It's so funny. I bet yeah. my mom. My mom probably still has the CD at her house, honestly. Um, but yeah. So anyway, that was like for me the whole episode was like I I can't even describe like it almost like what you were saying, Stephen, that you didn't hear the Skywalker theme because the the music got under my skin, um, like in like in yeah. that place between your scalp and your brain where it's like the way you feel like a nervous headache, almost like you kind of just, it was in there and that yeah. was part of the experience and you just were yeah. fucked. Like I was just, yeah. and it's the same I watch. I've watched it on my phone. I've watched it on my smart TV. I've watched it on my laptop. Like I well, just listen while my kids are watching. It's the same every time, just you're, you're right. in it. What probably it's, it's, for those who've watched the movies, especially the original series so many times, we have such a strong association with that music and especially that like melody. So when that kicked in paired, I think with having a Luke, albeit the uncanny Valley aspect at times, a little disconcerting um, was so, I think it's just like, it's almost synonymous. Like we hear that and see that as an experience that, at least for me, as the same, um, which is just really interesting. I I don't remember remember ever having that kind of experience before. From a song? Um, Like, yeah, it just... fucking well done and dude is no stranger i mean he's gonna win whatever emmy like primetime emmy yeah he's gonna win a lot of stuff all of them um but uh he's actually not a stranger to that award either like he's won grammys we know but he also has won primetime emmys already for his work on the shows um i think community new girl um he won for last season for the mandalorian right 
Um, so like whatever, fucking give him all of the awards and also yeah. let's have him make a Broadway show um, and everything else. <laughs> and and now we can move on to the other um, creators well, of the show because I yeah. know Stephen, you're anxious to talk about that, but that I just we I, we always talk no, about no. music at the end of stuff. Like people typically save that for the end, and I just couldn't this time because it made the. Experience. I agree. Yeah. I I agree wholeheartedly. Um, so kind of moving on, moving on from from that, uh, just to if you're not aware, Peyton Reed directed this episode, who also I we. I, I thought I, I thought I had heard and I and I was surprised because I originally thought John Favreau was doing was writing and directing, but he's just right just wrote this episode. Um, but I had heard that Peyton Reed had directed two episodes, so he kind of did the the like maybe the most like a fun but albeit not story furthering episode with the like frog lady the spider passenger. The passenger episode Second episode yeah yeah um, whereas this episode is like got everything it's got everything you want in star wars mm-hmm. um at least for me yeah <laughs> um and it starts off with that really fantastic uh slave one chase of the imperial lambda shuttle mm-hmm. and we get we get an ion cannon being used um which for those i think one of the biggest usages of an ion cannon would have been in empire strikes back when those large capital ship size ion cannons from ground, uh, surface to air uh, cannons were used against star destroyers during the escape from Hoth. So mm-hmm. it was a nice kind of like, like, oh, like this was an ion, cannon. an ion cannon. I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they did. And, yeah, and yeah, also did. another really cool, like the sound editing for that is awesome too. Like yeah. not to, not to skip uh, all the people in the sound editing department, because that yeah. was pretty badass this episode mm-hmm. too. And the sounds of slave one are just like the, when it does that pass over the cockpit and those guys, you know, are just shitting their pants with Dr. Pershing. Yeah. Like, those pr- proud boy Imperials. Oh my God. Yeah. They're such assholes. <laughs> Yeah, that was so badass. They just like the the Passover, the the sound, like the shuddering sound of Slave One as it as it just does that flyover and, and it's like you're about to be boarded boarded, like you're both fucking dead and sorry. Yeah, and he said uh, certainly. I have that line. They're pirates. Have, don't have a Shouldn't we fight? I don't have a death wish. Do you? Yeah, and then going from there to that terrifying monologue that the Imperial pilot has, which like going into talking about Alderaan being destroyed and like, I mean, it's it's gross and scary. And uh, I, I know, I know uh, Cara Dunes, uh, the actor has some, some Gina has some peculiar uh, political we, let's set that, we can set that aside for but, now i think it's important yeah. for the sake of this episode that we yeah. do because um there are some there's i mean obviously we know she's got a future on another show that's the right. the marshals the marshals of the new republic or the Ra- um, rangers rangers of the new republic which i really hope we get um timmy oliphant back on but i didn't actually realize with the um when he talks about i saw the tear i always yeah. thought that just was a a, a um a tear for the rebellion i didn't know that was a tattoo that was specific to survivors of um aldron mm-hmm. yeah so that was a cool little drop of information um, <laughs> no pun intended 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And well, and and then when he says stay back dropper, like I always mm. thought dropper was a reference to being like a like a like a paratrooper, mm. like, you know, dropping from a ship. Yeah. I didn't realize that that was um, a reference to having the the tattoo as a teardrop. Right. And that's mm. why Imperials call her a dropper. Not her uh, friends. Her friends never call her that. Like if you notice right. in, in yeah. last episode and in this one, we get dropper references twice. It's only imps that call her that. It's because it's a reference to her her backstory as a survivor of Aldron and the tattoo with the teardrop, not yeah. um, her her profession. Yeah. And and was that Imperial person was he seemed recognizable to me just mm -hmm. the way he delivered his lines it just seemed so recognizable was he in something else oh you mean the pilot the actor yeah the, the actor oh. that played, played that pilot played, played the um, I know I was trying to search like asshole pirate uh, probably the middle the co-pilot so he was on shield oh, oh that makes sense yes um, so yeah, he had a recurring uh, role on Shield. You know what's and funny? It was from Shield. Then my my daughter actually was talking about this today. Um, was the 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 assholes in the beginning of? Oh, go ahead, Striker. Yeah, he he was the son of the founder of Hydra, I believe, on Shield. Now, if I'm remembering correctly, Nathaniel Malik is that who that is? Yes, a Malik okay. definitely was a Malik. Yep. So. My, my daughter was saying this morning, like last year's finale had two asshole stormtroopers beating up Grogu, mm -hmm. right? And now you've got two asshole proud boy, uh, like Moff Gideon pilots. Well, the one's like, well, I'm not really with him. Yeah. <laughs> let's work. He's hey, like, let's, let's talk let's, about this. Let's work something out. And like, it's like, the other guy's like, fuck you. Like, I'm here on a mission, you know? Yeah. That, yeah. that one guy, though, that one guy was such a dick. He's just, like, yeah. you may not be aware that this is dr pershing and he's yes. just like yeah. oh fuck off dude i know who that is like yeah that's why we're what do you think we're here for yeah. moron no, we just, we're, yeah we like you clearly think we're pirates no yeah he's a, he had imperial officer written all over him that guy had a high track before i know <laughs> yeah. ended his uh his career track oh jesus <laughs> yeah and i think overall it's just you know something we're continuing to see this expansion of of them doing a really like nice job and not like leaning in really heavy handed with it, but like slowly throughout the season, they've started to really like expose what is the ideology like of Imperial troopers, like in this time period, you know, and we're seeing with the speech from Valen Hess from the last episode and, mm -hmm. you know, then stuff like this, like we're seeing this like very, very like radicalized, like, you know, when you say proud boys, like we're making a joke, but it is like, you can see how, Death Star blowing up and like 30 million people being killed on that is something that can be used for propaganda for these remnants okay. of the empire to start radicalizing these people. And then, you know, what are we going to see in 30 years with the first order? So I think it's like they're doing a really cool job of not leading in like super heavy with that, but giving us like a lot of texture. And it's like scary. It's very, very scary. And I think so, yeah. very effective and cool. I think you're totally right, Alex. And yeah. I think that um, there's always been that undercurrent, right, for Star Wars is that those of us who are fans who kind of sit on the progressive side of politics and civil rights um, see this as a series, as, you know, a, a cause for good. 
And then it's ironic that so many um, people who always outcry, you know, the casting of um, Finn but, uh, with John Boyega being a black actor, right? And that in that trailer for Force Awakens was such a um, like a an angering moment for racists. And then you've got people now who are so angry about the politicizing of uh, actors' perspectives on masks during COVID, and they're just like, oh, just let it be a show, you know? But it's like well, you fuckers are on the wrong side of this. And and like, look at, this is exactly the kind of thing that stokes a rebellion and the backlash. And then we look at what happens in Forest Awakens and you have, you know, this, um, the backlash and the, and the rallies that you've got, um, God, with that prick <laughs> in the Force Awakens. Oh, Hux. General Hux, yeah, like giving a, like a literal hit Hitler or Trump style rally, like in front of, um, the weapon uh god star killer base star killer base yeah, yeah. episode um seven stuff, yeah so. it, it's like luke skywalker is antifa like he's like the hero of antifa <laughs> it's like, it's and even, yeah. yeah well i, I don't want to get too far ahead into the episode because moff gideon i think does a great job as well kind of executing that point of the point of view that is so well done by Favreau and his team is letting you know that they believe this through and through it is part of their character and it is why they're so diametrically opposed and Mm -hmm. why they're such such good enemies to have if you're going to be on the side of the rebellion but you can start seeing and and with the last episode with the uh um oh geez with the bill burns yeah yeah. and and those two talking at the table and and they they both kind of echoed it because the guy on the ship said it also was that you know t- there it was a good thing that alderon blew up essentially is because there's nothing but terrorists there and right. the same thing with that that whole firebombing of that place where bill burrow's character was associated yeah. with it's like well, Mc- there were mayfield yeah. mayfeld mayfeld's character right. <laughs> yeah it's, well and i think that yes and they use they use the the phrase order establishing order order yes. order <clears throat> and i yeah, think it's again always that's about bringing alluding. order and balance law and order right yeah. which yeah. is order. <laughs> very uh autocratic uh jargon well, and, and that's interesting too with moff gideon because you know he's talking about by now you're aware that you know uh, bo katan and her boarding party have murdered all of this like like the savages that they, they are, are have yeah. murdered everybody in the bridge and you know and and at the, that point dinjarin's like i don't care you take the weapon take the ship kill those people i just want the kid like yeah, and right. he's will he's he means it he's yeah. he's willing to leave Cara Dune, yep friends fennec shand everyone who helped him to get on that ship he's willing to fucking leave them to die mm-hmm. to get off the ship with grogu and that's his motivation and you know we see this like this tug back and forth with him because we have to remember he actually is sort of this going from this radicalized religious zealot yes. group that he's not even aware how you know really almost ignorant that that singular viewpoint is Mm -hmm. and then becoming sort of more compassionate as he goes on this journey with you know tuscan raiders and he's relying on help from very unlikely friends and you know um so i think it's a really interesting moment to watch that happen to go from him willing to you sell it all up to the river to handing grogu off to somebody he's just met because he sees on the monitors 
God, Luke can, is a better fighter than I am. And there's nobody else in this galaxy who can protect this kid better than that guy yeah. can. So now I'm going to give the kid to him and I'm going to go help this person probably retake our planet and whatever. Like, yes. <laughs> so, so I know we, we're, we're, sorry, let's get back at, to your yeah, outline. Sorry. <laughs> no, but that, I think that's, that's fine to bring that up because I, I've been saying it for the past <laughs> few episodes that I felt, I felt like it was a season four arc of reclaiming Mandalore. Um, since yeah, we know this is going to be that for a while, I think the timeline's been pushed up, and reclaiming Mandalore is going to be in season three. Well, so, he's in her debt now. I mean, he doesn't have the purpose anymore well, of delivering the child, right? Or he's she not. Is, or uh, I mean, I think there's going to be some problems because now we've we've reestablished the I don't know the canon. Saber. The canon around the dark saber is dubious at best. So, okay. like. You can't you can't just give it to someone, even though Sabine gives it to Bo Katan. They don't fight for it, and she Sorry. takes it. So but he has to go into now going from believing the opposite thing that she then she and her sort of cult on Mandalore believe to believing the complete opposite of their sect to suddenly buying into the singular purpose of her sect. And like that's a pretty quick switch for him. Like and you know, I, yeah. And I then agree. if you if you think about it, like, it, I don't know, the battle, the terms of battle get a little bit itchy. Well, well let's 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 not let's not um, hash out all of season three too much now. But I feel like because he's like, oh, she's going to get another crack at it now because here come my troopers. And then it's like, well, now who's fighting who? Like, like he, he, he shot her. Right. Like because Moff Gideon shot. I guess it didn't change hands again. I don't know. We'll yeah, I, I think Din, yeah, <laughs> Din's got all we know is is Din has the dark saber. Yeah, and but I'm like, very <clears throat> curious. I'm very curious to see what like the Forge Master and other like religious leaders mm -hmm. of the Children of the Watch will think. That's about. That's true. Yeah, we got to figure out like there's got to be like a, a rallying of the a call of, back. I mean, it doesn't really matter if you don't have more than three Mandalorians. Like right now, we have three of them. So right, you know, right. until. Because clearly Boba Fett doesn't fucking care, so he's he's got he's we'll uh, he's gone he's fish gone, to fry. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he's too busy uh, shooting Twi'leks. Um, yeah, I mean, if it comes down to a vote between the three that were left standing in that room, you know, Din Djarin's not gonna win. But um, yeah, yeah, I think Bo I, it'll be it'll be an interest. It's gonna be an interesting playoff again. I think of like expect the exploration of mandalorian culture and yeah and then i think there's going to be some type of like coming together of that because that i feel like they've been pushing that uh, very heavy throughout this whole season and yeah. even again and when we when we get to the which again does anybody did anybody figure out what planet that is that has the smokestacks where they go to that bar no no, no. yeah it called back to a lot of like solo type stuff for me and yeah. i went looking and i didn't find anything um I, and you also wanted to talk about the the uh book oh. we get to see yes. yeah yeah so uh that's a call back then to clone wars mm -hmm. so uh the ship is a what is it a comric class fighter um so those wings fold up it has a very uh, imperial look to it, actually. Um, so if, if you're thinking like 
Is this a pure, an Imperial planet? Which I tried to also try to figure out because there's sigils on the silos. And I can't yeah. tell if they're like old, like Galactic Republic sigils. Or, or like a mining outpost or... or... Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't figure it out. Or like a Corellia type, like mm. is it just like a Yeah, the Corsac kind of thing. Yeah. I I looked too and I even froze and tried to look and I think it was purposefully vague. Kind of it's just another hard like to make out. Yeah, kind of like another um like Dryden Voss type like land your yacht ship and party and move on. Right. Right. <laughs> And it's reminiscent of how many bar, how many cantinas have we all of them? To, you all know, of them. all this throughout the Mandalorian. You walk into a bar. <laughs> there's a weird ass bartender. Some music playing. <laughs> a Mandalorian walks into a bar. Yeah, yeah. And two the, Mandalorians. The, 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 the one, and, one, and, one and a half, maybe yeah. I guess. Four, three and a half Mandalorians are in a bar. Two men um, in Mandalorian armor walk into a bar. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was ladies, quite an insult. Two Mandalorian ladies. Yeah, so let's talk about that scene though. There's a lot. There's yeah. a lot to unpack in the so, Boba Fett. Yeah, scene. again, in 45 minutes, we introduce like so many amazing things, and I don't know how the hell they did it. I still yeah. can't figure out how they have done the season with such a limited amount of time. Um, but yeah, we the red herring of Mercedes Vernado, also known as Sasha Banks in the wrestling community, uh, she had said purposefully that she Lie. was not bad. Yeah. I knew Laya. <laughs> um, I totally knew it. Yeah, so we don't get as if she plays Casca Reeves, we don't get wolves whatever, wolf guy, the other the other Mandalorian. Yeah, dude. yeah, I was wondering where he went. Like yeah. he didn't, just yeah. didn't show him back up. Right. So uh that whole uh this is where Alex and um, one of our other coworkers, Michael, we were, we, we talked about this on Friday. I've like, I got to count all of the new, like weird jargon that's used in this. So we've got the clip of a of that isn't the quite calling the stifling slimy. Wait, so can we just for one second though, I, I love the writing on this show and I, I only have two complaints about this episode and they're not even really complaints. They're one of them is a complaint and this is not this, but this fight scene felt very like it would have been written by George Lucas. Cause it's just like Boba Fett like didn't even do anything, and she's like, "You're not a real Mandalorian." He's like, "I didn't fucking say shit." Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then like her like the friend like all gets up in her face, and it's just like, and then she's like, "Save it for the imps." And I'm like, so I guess you are helping now. Like you said, you weren't gonna yeah. help. You said, forget it. Like, what the fuck? Like this is yeah. such a bad argument. Like this is like, are you already dr- like, are you drunk? Are you guys drunk? I just assume might, that, you are. Explain it. You guys are drinking like old ass milk or some shit. Like, I don't know what's happening, but like it got out of here real fast. (laughs) Yeah, it it, like, but it had that amazing flamethrower V flamethrower. Yeah, that was badass at the end, which I am getting a little tired of one one Mandalorian move and it's the wrist wrap wrap where the struggle the, the, gotta like, use it right i know but like but like w- we already know now what's gonna happen when like a mandalorian versus a mandalorian with the like the like grappling hook effect like yeah. so that was the only like it's not even a complaint it's just in a in an episode of very strong scenes and i i understand they had to very quickly establish the stakes of like boba fett versus bo katan uh mm. mandalorian ideology ideology that um 
to me felt very uh, appropriately uh, vintage Star Wars bar fight. Yeah. My yeah. friend doesn't like you either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it was exactly. <laughs> really? I mean, I'm just getting a drink, dude. Chill. <laughs> yeah, that was and, that could have been the McClunky use and might have been, but they they did not. Yeah, they, they saved it. They did a perfect McClunky. <laughs> I, they really did. I I do also think though that like it's you know seeing like if if we had heard before Mandalorian season one came out that there was going to be a fight scene in a bar where Boba Fett. <laughs> flamethrowers another mandalorian and we would have all lost well like, yeah well while bo Katan watched episode, yeah right of season <laughs> one we all would have just like our brains would have exploded yeah. so yeah the fact that this is the moment that we're complaining about in this episode <laughs> i think i know is really yeah. telling how good this episode is and how far well and like has um come, come this season that's perfect, Alex, because I think it was Stephen who texted me, like, this is what we deserved in the new trilogy. Like, this is exactly the level, like, yeah. the worst scene in The Mandalorian is better than the best scene in almost any film except for maybe The Last Jedi. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's incredible. So, yeah, yeah, I agree completely. And I know I'm, like, it's a privilege to be able to nitpick on a show like this. <laughs> like, I'm spoiled right. sick. And when we have five shows of, like, of Star Wars live action shows to be able to, I can't Dear imagine Lord. the kind of shit we're going to be able to pick like me and Steven are going to sound like the please. biggest assholes in the world like listening to this show is just going to be like yeah like right. I'm not sure I like um, like Obi-Wan's hair you know like it's just going to be like fucking whatever it's a yeah. wig you can tell it's a wig I hate it I already Ahsoka's tendrils I don't really <laughs> I still don't I still don't like Bo-Katan's wig doesn't bother I know it is a real rough I was definitely doing a rough callback yeah. to our podcast uh -huh. when you guys oh, yeah. spent like a good segment complaining about her wig and I'm like I didn't even notice <laughs> yeah so yeah. I, another thing, so we we keep getting kind of also allusions to what the hell happened to Mandalore. So mm -hmm. Boba Fett says the planet's like glass. Mm -hmm. so yeah, that planet got turned to glass. So he clearly doesn't even know. Does that mean? But does that mean they bombarded the shit out of it? Probably. Like, that, like an operation, an operation Cinder was was that? Because I don't remember that being officially a part of Operation Cinder, but maybe maybe that maybe they did it to their. Dude. So I actually took it to mean that he wasn't in the loop on what had happened because he's mm. been in the Sarlacc pit for like 10 years, right? Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. See, there, we keep getting these like little like things about Mandalore. And I think, again, it's very deliberate of trying to kind of like get us in the mindset of wanting to know more about Mandalore. So that and was a, an, another nugget. To me, it felt like he's he's not caught up on the drama on Mandalore, which how could he be? Because right. we know, we know where Boba Fett has been for the past 50 years. Roaming the desert. Mostly not on Mandalore. Well, like even before he was roaming the desert, we have oh, a pretty good read yeah. on where he's been since uh, the events of the last time he encountered anyone on Mandalore, right? Like it's been a while since he was right. in service to anyone outside of Jabba, the Empire, Darth Vader, because yep. he went straight from working for Darth Vader to in the belly of the Starlight Pit. So, mm -hmm. I mean, like, I thought he just was out of the loop on how he, bad it was or how not bad it was. And so the last thing he yeah. might have heard was that it was gone, like right. Alderaan. Right, which 
they that comparison was used was that him who said that or previously no that was Miggs Miggs said that in the last episode he, oh, he, he compared okay. Alderaan and Mandalore to the kind of a similar that's right yeah situation. that was right so yeah I it's I, I was a, a nice way of rounding out the party you know we got we quickly brought in two more members to to the party without too much oh. time you yeah. know and because I thought last week's episode was going to be more about that which it really wasn't at all. Um, right. So this was, again, like, let's quickly assemble the rest of our Avengers. Yeah, uh, exactly. For, and and uh, they did a great job with the pacing for having, yeah, like, an hour to do it in. I mean, it really was well well paced um, overall, yeah. you know. Yep, yep. And uh, I think then the next, the next kind of big drop of information about that we get is when Dr. Pershing and them are, well, they're planning, right? They're planning their, the, the <laughs> we way... don't even know where the fuck he is. I guess he's like alone on Bo-Katan's ship or something, or maybe he's like oh, flying like, around in slave yeah. one. <laughs> I don't know what happens to him. Like <laughs> yeah, after no they, but when they're planning the like assault and he's like, excuse me, I have something to say about that. And they're and like, why like, the oh, hell should we trust talk- you? Yeah. Yeah. Talking more talking from this guy. Yeah. No, he is very helpful. He basically gives them the entire layout. I mean, he's, and, he and strikes he's a, me a scientist. As, it's yeah. A, gen- yeah. A, gen- a genetic engineer, basically. Right. So, so to me, he's not as, indoctrin- as indoctrinated as the other Imperials, because even in the first season, he's he knows, like, I don't want to push this too far with this kid. He's the only one we have, you know, like, like he, you could tell he kind of. Yeah, I wouldn't say cared about, it, but he like just disappeared too when the when they showed up on the ship and like what happened to him? Well, we that's exactly what we were just talking about. Like I okay. don't think Sorry, I don't think yeah, no, I yeah, it's okay. We yeah, we saw you go. We yeah. we were trying to figure out that and and the other thing is I think you're right, two striker. I don't I don't know. Like we we assume you know we have an idea of his motivations, but we also know that the guy who built the Death Star like didn't want to do it. Right. right from right. Rogue One, so yeah. we we don't know why he was recruited into Mafkinian service or what, like, well, what, I, under what threat. And I get the sense that they work for the Kaminoans; they don't work for the Empire. So huh. I would imagine because they wear the patch that they yeah, have that's true. Camino. Hmm. So okay. my thought is they were hired for a job, or or they were abducted for a job. Like you're like more along those lines. Like you're kind yeah. of alluding to like um for uh the death star development and such so yeah but we he gives us that that nice gem of their third generation dark troopers yeah that i love that when he was like we removed the final the final weakness or what was the it human, the human yeah. component which was the weakness yeah yeah the final weakness was that they Wait. were human <laughs> that's yeah. straight up straight up dark forces so, so we yeah so we have two more generations in the past so they they canonized that whole thing, that piece of that. Yeah. So still holding out for Kyle Katarn to show up at some point. <laughs> so in in my search for the Dark Trooper sound effects, I also did a little bit of research. And actually, in Dark Forces, third gen uh, Dark Troopers are yes, they're like automated droids that you know can obviously go and be Terminators like we've seen but they also are exoskeletons. So huh. the final fight is actually the, like the guy who's been leading the, the whole like dark troopers program gets into a dark trooper 
outfit exoskeleton and like fights in that so i don't know if that's also canonized that's something we can see you know potentially in the future i would love to see moff gideon just like get in a dark trooper suit fight you know fight bo katan with the dark saber like you know that's gonna be some some amazing stuff and then i also found out i think we had even talked about this in our episode before the dark troopers were even introduced about the alloys that they use uh, for the Dark oh, Troopers, right. uh, we were like comparing it to Beskar and Cortosis and stuff like that. So that was something called Frick. So I don't know if they're going to keep with Frick. Obviously, Frick now we associate with Babu. So um, I don't know if that's going to be something that they, you know, maybe they retcon that as Beskar or something like that. But well, um, it's, yeah, very cool. It's clearly not pure Beskar because Luke Skywalker just cuts through them like butter, I know. Uh, yeah. through yeah. that. Seriously, yeah. that was insane. <laughs> uh, um, and then we yeah. get our, our next our next uh, insults or, or saying skank in a scud pie. They're going to be a real skank in the scud pie. <laughs> it's a real skank in a scud pie. Yep. yep. I, I think that, that exists on Earth too, doesn't it? I think I've heard that in years before. <laughs> Cara Dune, yeah, Cara Dune gets all the really good expletives mm-hmm. in this episode. Oh, oh she, yeah, yeah. She gets she gets a lot of really good, um, a lot of the really good like one liners, right? Um, right. In this one, especially when her. So I I almost felt like they were trolling us a little bit when her gun jammed too. Mm. Um, I don't want to uh, jump past too much stuff, but um, just along the. You have you have this in here, you know, son of a mud scuffer. She gets mm. she gets the dank ferrix again. She gets the last. She gets the last dank ferrix. She gets the last dank ferrix of the season. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, and then she also um, like when her gun jams, I almost feel like because a lot of the people who are upset by her her real life position on um, Trump and masks and all of that um, assumed she was going to get killed off the show, and I felt like that was like a. Um, in like an like a intentional choice by the showrunners mm-hmm. to be like here's your moment where her gun jams and she gets killed and like she didn't you know like Fennec Fennec uh Fennec covered her and then she also bludgeoned the crap out of a stormtrooper with her rifle yeah. which was well, pretty like, great she, and she doesn't need to and, and and you know and that was one of the things I was talking to um I'm giving her a little bit of grace uh for the holidays this week I guess because um I was talking to my my brother about this because he and I hadn't discussed it. And I guess he doesn't listen to the show as closely as he tells us he does, Stephen, because he was like, what? Oh, no, I didn't know that about her. Um, <laughs> I'm like, well, you clearly don't listen to the podcast because I've been off on her for, you know, about a year now. But, um, yeah, he's she's just it, it. She's a part of the show that that really solidified putting these women who are not traditional Hollywood style actresses on like an all female assault mission on a light cruiser. Yeah. That was such a moment yeah. for, for me, Amazing. for my daughter yeah. watching that together. Like mm-hmm. you, you always got like one chick, you know, as a star Wars fan, as a girl growing up, you know, you had Leia or you had Padme or you had Jyn Erso, And like, even like until recently, mm-hmm. you ray and like a couple of like decorative females in the background but like the women were the muscle of this episode and that Mm. was so badass and um you know she's been a big part of that and and so have casting a couple of female wrestlers and and all kinds of a tradition like atypical 
um, actresses. So I, I think yeah. that was um, awesome, and and also heavy on non-white female actresses, which right. we love. So and Ming Now uh, Wen had some pretty phenomenal, oh, yeah, like yeah. martial arts <laughs> moments of like. Yeah, kicking kicking stormtroopers in the face and then shooting them and that uh, scene when she's coming behind <laughs> all of the implements in the in the light cruiser like and she's like got the rolls and the flips and shit that was so good badass just so oh, good yeah such a good martial arts episode just oh. yes yeah and and all of the like use of jetpacks of to, to as just small yeah. accelerants to yeah. then do a melee move or 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 like to get to position it was it was awesome like yeah well, as much as got yeah. to dive like i was like where are they going when like the, the, oh, they, the mandalorians like, dove off the bridge yeah. like, yes or when they dove off under <laughs> off under that like they, you've always got those hallways with like no walls yeah on, like, once cruisers. again no safety no <laughs> safety <laughs> and a walkway <laughs> like, to just yes. fall into space if you fall yeah, off. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. what but how you yeah. like in it, what, how is that room depressurized? Like I don't understand how anyone is breathing in that room. But whatever, they just it's like ray shielding. Yeah, you it's got the ray shielding shielding. on the bottom. Yeah. Oh, okay, sure. All right, that's science. Um, <laughs> yeah, where's Dave Filoni on that? I don't know. But anyway, the um. But 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 at least I I will say that that room that walkway was so original Star Wars. Like yeah. it harkens back oh, yeah. to. A new hope oh. where they're walking across like, yeah. these gang planks with nothing there and falling into bottomless pits when that's where the tractor beam is. Yeah, it's also current. Yes. It's also current yeah. Star Wars. I'm sure you can find like yes. pieces of Han yeah. Solo down there too. Yes, yeah, but right. they keep playing on it. So I'm still good that that is all oh. part of this Mandalorian experience. Yeah, right. And all the use of like code cylinders and using the faders. Kind of, <laughs> we see a lot oh, yeah. of close close-ups of the equipment that very much feels like it is original series stuff. Like everything yes. feels oh, yeah. right in the way yeah. that the, the set is dressed and created. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, so the- yeah, and even awesome. with the heads up displays when you're back in the fighters and you're engaging mm-hmm. other ships, I mean, it, it's like the first three movies through, you know, yep. uh, new hope through Jedi. And when you're, it was opposed to trying to like dress it up and make it all like, Oh, it's superly cool. My- um, high tech effects, but it, that's what they were. I mean, it, it's, it works and it works now. Right. My, hus- my husband was like, um, I love all the big square red buttons that you push. Like it feels very yes. like authentic eighties, you know, just yes. like, you know, yes. and the, ha- the handle to, um, well, we're going to get to the Mandalorian, uh, to Din Djarin's fight. Um, yeah, it's like back to back, back to back, back to back fights against the Terminator and yeah. uh, and, and Gideon. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, and he uh, so conveniently uh, just started carrying his Beskar spear on this assault. Yes, so, good he did I that. Know. Where, where, where is that? Like you don't always see it when he's walking. And no, it's very handy. I'm like, does is it like one of those things that you just like? Like I don't can, think. Like, re- I don't think so. And... No, I just think it's, he it's hasn't been taking back. it with him. Yeah, I don't yeah, think he's yeah. been taking it with him until the mission. Because I I looked earlier in the episodes and I was like, is he carrying it? But there was that a uh, I don't know if they mentioned something about Beskar and dark and lightsabers. And I yeah. was just like, I feel like during the pre-mission, I think. Well, yeah. Talk. So that was then. Um, what's her name? Uh, uh, the sidekick for Bo-Katan said she was saying that was the only Costco. Thing. Yeah, Costco mm. was saying the only thing that the dark saber 
can't cut through as Beskar. Pure Beskar. Pure, pure, which, pure Beskar. Yeah, right. which, yeah, that's, yeah, that, I mean, both of those fight sequences, you know, when the Dark Trooper is just punching him in the head, like, repeatedly, oh, wow. I was just like, oh, my God, yeah, how are you not was, dead? That was sick. That was so sick. And I was just like, well, I guess he's very lucky that it's made of pure Beskar, but, like, still, yeah, you know, that was, like, and and he didn't have any bruising or anything right. when he conveniently took yeah. the helmet off later. He looked real rough at the end takes, of takes um, season yeah. one, the season oh, yeah. one finale. He looked terrible, you know, and he had just gotten like roughed up by some of those um, by the eye. Was it what, what was he what was the cannon that they used? Um, Death Troopers. Awesome. No, the, they set up no, that can, when they were stuck the, in the, 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 yeah. oh, the e-web. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And he like was just near it, you know, and he got exploded, um, exploded yeah. pretty bad by that. And then <laughs> he looked terrible. And then this time he got like rammed into a wall um, by a dark trooper. Um, yeah. But before we go into the, the combat scenes there, um, you had wanted to talk, Stephen, about uh, Moff Gideon being ex-ISB. Yeah, so my dreams and hopes of Moff Gideon being a former Inquisitor have been dashed. He is XISB. I'm still holding hope. I'm still holding hope that he's an Emperor's hand. I'm only here to dash our hopes, Stephen. I am not what you want. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I just think his skill with the, the light with a dark saber, which is a lightsaber, is too, too good, and I think that I feel like he's. There's more than meets the eye. With I Moff agree. That, and his reaction and to a Jedi was, I'm going to shoot myself. Something. Yeah, yeah. He's, no, he's clearly force sensitive. He picks He picks up when they stop punching the door right after Grogu does. You see something on his face. He's like, and oh shit, Luke Skywalker. Even before Dinjarin says, it's mm-hmm. or when before, before Bo-Katan says a Jedi, he's got, and then even like, when he's trying to manipulate Dinjarin, like there's a lot of um, mm-hmm. like I can tell the bond between you is strong, so like I'm gonna let you go, get off my ship, you know, <laughs> like kind of. <laughs> I very I, like. It, it also plays to him. it plays to me with that baiting either like in role playing terms, like Din really failed that role of seeing the deception of Shit, Moff, or mm-hmm. was there some mind trickery? I yeah. know. Yeah. Some Jedi, some Jedi, like he force manipulated him. It was cause... he was so desperate. Even the way yeah. that he kind of falls into the room, he lost his, he loses his swagger when he falls. Like he sees the kid with the dark saber above his head, and the way that the Mandalorian walks normally is very purposeful. Mm-hmm. He has this very Western mm. style swagger, and he comes into the room and he's got his blaster up. But he just kind of stumbles into the room when he sees that. Just like I'll, I'll do anything, and that's kind of how he always is when the kid mm-hmm. is in harm's way. Like, you know, you can have this, you can have the jetpack, you can do it. I'll give you whatever you want. You know, just don't hurt him. And right. it's like it's a very like um, it's very difficult, I think, to you know, for him to um, to maintain any semblance of of uh, upper hand even in low threat scenarios, but in the most high stakes scenario, like he's very vulnerable there. And mm-hmm. if Moff has any um, force manipulation abilities, like right then is when Dinjarin is like, so unbelie- right. unbelievably vulnerable to it. Yep. Yep. 
Um, the other thing we, we have on the, that right before that, um, sequence after we learned that, you know, uh, Bo-Katan wants everyone to leave Moff Gideon to her and mm-hmm. he's XISB, blah, blah, blah. Um, is you have your note about, uh, Boba Fett's, uh, <laughs> jump. Yeah. He calls, he calls hyperspace <laughs> jump space. What everyone else calls it hyperspace. Is I'm I'm wondering if that's I have I frankly haven't watched episode two probably as much as I've watched <laughs> the know. other movies because I hate that movie. It's the worst. Um, <laughs> but maybe Django calls it jump space in that. I mm-hmm. I've never heard anyone call it jump space before. So I don't know, Alex. Do you remember anyone say jump space before? My kids watched Phantom Menace today, and I can confirm I did not hear it in there. So I thought that was weird, but. I don't know. I went through it with a very fine tooth comb on my like third viewing. So, <laughs> uh, and one 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 more quick thing too that during the the like assaults um, by Fennec and the Mandos and and Cara Dune, huh. Fennec dodges a blaster bolt. Yeah, she straight up has a she like moves her shoulder and dodges a blaster <sighs> bolt. That's that, badass. That's why I was also going to ask: is her is her reflexes like far and above above what a normal human or is her specific race? She might be augmented, because, like cybernetic. Well, now she is right because uh, mm-hmm. Boba she, Fett she helped is. her. Well, Boba yeah, right. Fett had to operate on her right after she. Yeah. He put her back together because she got tore up pretty bad in the desert by that right. other shitty uh, wannabe bounty hunter. But remember, even before he augmented her in that episode uh five of season one when um uh mandalorian goes into uh the cantina looking for work and he's like mm-hmm. forget it i'm not gonna take that that bounty she's the best of the guild like she's the best of the bounty hunters so even before right. she was augmented she was like mm-hmm. the hardest of them to kill right yeah. and um, it's been and it's been confirmed she is in that bad batch trailer oh sweet so we're getting and ming is gonna voice her so we're getting sweet. we're gonna get young fennec and then we're going to get badass Fennec in the book of Boba Fett, I assume, as well. Nice. <laughs> I'm very excited for that. Yeah. Um, there is an article on jump drives, Stephen, in the uh, Wikipedia method of yeah. fa- so the jump drive is the mes- is basically the mechanism that allows you to go into hyperspace. Hmm. Maybe he but just it's, calls it. So it's, they, it's slang. slang yeah. Oh, it's from the. Um, weird it's a star wars book they they just they call it hyperspace all the time so Mm -hmm. coming out of hyperspace it's it's, so it's most used in a a book that it's not it's from the dauntless book the lost fleet by jack campbell is Mm. um interesting i don't know all right well so after it's a combat yeah yeah after the like i mean i didn't pretty much beats the crap does does win pretty quickly in that duel um i will say Against the spear, spear v dark saber, he uh, he kicks. I think he kicks Moff Gideon's butt pretty handedly. I mean, yeah, Moff Gideon's kind of an older dude. Like, well, that yeah. that Moff Gideon is attacking something that he can't cut through. Yeah, right. So it's it's, it's like he's you're you're like essentially like <laughs> attacking a stone with a sword, expecting to get through to the stone and 
you know, chop the stone in half. Not not, not enough curious. stabbing. Not enough <laughs> trying to get right. under the armor. You know. Yeah, right. but Mando didn't want to. Didn't seem to want to kill him the entire time. I mean, like, and that's the other thing too. Is it's just. Uh, I Here, only... let me try to tie you up first with my wrist bracelet. I know. Well, Kara <laughs> Dune in the exactly. preview did say she wanted him alive. Yes. Yeah, but but he was willing to let her die five seconds before this fight. You know, like he was willing to let them all go. But like now it seems like his motivations have changed again. And it's that's the, that's kind of like, is he defaulting into the mode where when he gets into battle mode, like he's like a machine? To me, I guess all manner of combat are like probably what he's spent his whole life training in so like good for him that he knows right. how to wield a spear that well well last um, last last episode they specifically show him when he's fighting the rebels and killing the rebels on the juggernaut him wielding a spear yeah and i feel like that was very intentional of nice being like taste, oh yeah. by the way when you when he fights next week you see we've already seen him use a yeah. spear so he can use a spear so he can yeah. fight you know you know in advance that spear. I mean, that was like under pressure and like we don't know we don't know what happened like we don't know where grogu is i don't know why moff like She's moff like drug, really drugged up i think looks like well i know but like moff gideon really had like I don't know. I don't even want to say it out loud, but like Moff Gideon had a, an ace card to play there and he he like went the wrong way with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Like he did he really even want the kid alive anymore or no? I don't know. Well, I knew he could fight with a spear from showing that he could do it against the mountain on Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. Not well <laughs> <you> enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the spear wasn't the reason why he failed. He failed <laughs> because of his own his ego. own um, ego. Yeah. Ego, yeah. Well, my yeah, husband he had a if he had a Beskar helmet, I mean, you can't I know. smash that. You can't smash a head in a Beskar helmet. Yeah. That's well a, said. Well that's said, the Alex. callback to his head getting smashed in <laughs> yeah. then by the by yeah. the by the dark trooper. Well, my my oh. husband goes when he takes the helmet off in this episode. He's like, "Didn't he have a mustache last week?" I'm like, "Look, it's all just better looking than at the end of that season of Game of Thrones." Okay, like yeah. let's all just be happy. He still has eyeballs. Yeah, in their sockets well, and. Before before we have to say, I know Alex, you have to sign off soon. I I do want to get to the big the big moment. Yeah, let's do um, it. So outside of we talked a little bit about the muddied rules of the dark saber earlier in in the pod, um, but yeah, we get the line one X wing, great, we're saved. Um, and I don't know that was I, pretty good. Yeah, I my head was spinning at that point of. It was either going to be like introducing to me. I was like, it's going to be Mara Jade or it's going to be Luke Skywalker at that. That's where I, that's where my brain went. And how fucking amazing was it to see the lightsaber stuff? Like we're watching them watching the fights on the monitors. I thought that was so well (laughs) done yeah the green the green lightsaber and uh the gloved hand were my like i like i uh, i squealed so yeah it's nice that they kept doing it in beats too so it started with the x-wing and then the green saber and then the 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 glove go ahead yeah go ahead alex yeah and and i think yeah just exactly what you're saying with the beats like you know from the beginning i was even i rewatched it this morning and you know they do in the in the like previously on they specifically show Ahsoka being like, oh, and there's other Jedi out there and Grogu might've contacted them. And then they show Grogu contacting a Jedi. So, you know, you know, from the, even before the episode starts, you know, okay, a Jedi is coming. You see the X-Wing, you're like, 
got to be a Jedi. We know one Jedi with an X-Wing. It's Luke. And then you see a robe and you're like, okay, it's definitely a Jedi. And then you see a green lightsaber and you're like, okay, check, green lightsaber, robe, X-Wing. And then you see the glove and it's just like this slow build where you're never... One hand is a human it. hand. It's, one is is gloved. Yeah. So yeah. right, exactly. It's never you're never questioning it. You're never thinking like you're just more more thinking like oh they're doing it. But then they slowly yeah. reveal yeah. more and more, <laughs> it's and happening. it's like it's exciting. It's like mm-hmm. really really emotional, and it's just like that yes. whole final sequence just builds to this like incredible emotional moment. And then you're seeing you know the Mandalorian saying goodbye to Grogu and like R2-D2 comes in and it's just like, it's this slow, like amazing build. And like part of it's of course, the nostalgia of Luke Skywalker and all the wonderful feelings we have about Luke. But, you know, part of it is like, I I can't even believe that this is actually happening. Like this is finally happening. But then there's also just like the real like stakes of this, like father son relationship between Dinjarin and Grogu and you're just like seeing this heartbreaking moment of them having to say goodbye to each other and it's just like uh-huh. it really is just like masterful on every single yeah. level that they were able to weave these like 10 20 different elements all together just like absolutely perfectly uh-huh. and yeah, yeah it's so so cool so the uh, such a an impactful and emotional moment just just amazing yeah that, did he did he crush the dark trooper with his gloved hand with, with no with the force with uh force crush yeah was, was um that, that was his gloved hand or his open hand i've his, watched uh, this so many times I, I think it was the gloved hand it yeah. was the gloved hand oh. he, he pulled yeah, i thought i thought it looked very like darth vader-ish when he when he had it yeah, yeah. He, he, pulls, yeah. he pulls the the last two dark troopers to him and he he slices through one the last one and a half with the second to last one with the saber and then he crushes Mm-hmm. the last Amazing. the very last one with the gloved hand and it's, it's fucking sick yeah. it's very, <laughs> with that it's, music again yes. with that music <laughs> right Holy shit. it's it's very reminiscent of vader going to town in rogue in rogue in rogue one yeah i rewatched uh-huh. that scene too between uh-huh. like watches of uh, four and five of the episode i like went back and watched that sequence of, of rogue one three or four times and it is almost the choreography when luke comes out of the elevator oh um, yeah and when vader comes out of the smoke when the ship docks um mm. before um the uh, corellian corvette gets away like oh my god it's so similar and and it's when vader is still young so he's felt and it's like in rogue one you know he's kind of like new in, in that armor and he's still got all of his moves and shit it was so it was so badass and like oh like that's right up there with like best of all time um like just battle scenes of yeah like i I just it's hard top i i did i did suspect that it was gonna be luke for pretty much the whole season Uh and i didn't have any inside information on it other than that like mark hamill seemed to be very active on twitter this year which is like you know yeah (laughs) like he seemed to be very chatty um (laughs) so and then my, he's got that whole commercial thing with John Luke Picard. So. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. He is he is having a busy a busy uh, second half of his career. But my my thing was this: I thought they were going to use his voice and Sir Seb Patrick Seb Stan, uh, Sebastian Stan's face and and body. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I I am still that is the only disappointment I have in everything about this episode. Right. Is that while I I loved 
every minute of it like i've watched it like seriously like eight or nine times by now like mm-hmm. my kids and i watched it for like their fourth time this morning so like we mm-hmm. just can't get enough of it um i just think when you have this uncanny resemblance that like a seb stand to a young mark hamill have and you have him under contract with disney plus like he's right you know <laughs> still in production on falcon and the winter soldier they and- want to do it but mark hamill has been like use this guy who looks like a young me and something right yeah. like I, I, I'm not, I still think they might because I'm sure they will eventually. It, I like, still think they did. <laughs> they, well, they that had an effect is so weird looking. No, I, they didn't. It's not yeah, him. I, I mean, like it's if Max it were Lloyd him, Jones. They would have just dubbed the vocals and ha- Seb Stan can, has all the physicality. The, this, these are my two th- thoughts as to why they did not. One Seb is too buff to be Luke. Uh, it's pretty short too yeah but but he is ripped right now for falcon and the winter soldier like if you watch Mm -hmm. his his workout videos like what he's chest pressing right now it wouldn't have worked body body wise so what would be the point to have keep him in a robe but even in the robe you can't like you still could tell a silhouette wise he would have been like like Mm. just massive um like even a t- well, look at the guy in a t-shirt right now like working like in his house doing like videos on like interviews for stuff for press for falcon and the winter soldier like he's too ripped um so that's my number one thought as to why not number two is i think they're probably saving it like alex is saying like for something in the, in the future um yeah and it and it could also be just scheduling and they just needed to get a body to do that one moment because i don't even know if that Max Lloyd Jones was doing the fight stuff, or if that was somebody else doing that. And was that Mark Hamill's voice from other stuff that they mixed together? He like actually a, did, he uh, did this it? stuff. He did work for them in August, so they released that that Mark Hamill did some stuff back in August, um, either in a studio man, or the mix. Yeah. His because it sounds like his younger. I don't know how you. It does. I don't know like how he voice. can sound younger. He yeah. he is a voice, but he is a voice actor. I mean, this guy can right, make his true. voice sound like he sounded back when he was a kid. The guy well, is don't a forget yeah. too. They They're had his. They had him in the studio two years ago doing all the work for that bartender scene um, when he was the bartender droid in Mandalorian season one. Right, mm. right. That's right. So they probably ran him through a couple of like voice pedals or something. Yeah, mm. yeah. No, it was it was it was uh, you know this. <laughs> His face was very still, which was at times was, a little just like that's a little inhuman. It looked like a like it me. could have been like a kid of his. Like the cheeks were not quite right, and like the mouth, like there was just something wrong with the mouth. Like, just, and so that was the one thing I was like, well, why not just use like, um, I don't know. So, it, but it was yeah. still. Yeah. It was still badass, yeah. To me, like, it's, it still felt like the moment when he walks into Boba Fett's chambers the first time and pulls back his hood, and he's very stoic. His his mouth does not move much. I mean, his whole face, he's going to Yeah, it is a lot like emotions. that like that Jabba's uh, palace scene. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that was intentional. At first, because the, the of the way that the hood fell and the width of the hood, it kind of looked like Ahsoka from behind... But when the green saber came out, like there was They're like, no... oh, there's no yeah. doubt now. Yeah. And also she doesn't fly an X-Wing. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, he, um, so he did some of the voice work and 
they are still keeping very tongue in cheek about how, or tongue in cheek, they're, they're keeping very close to the vest how they are, how exactly it was done, which is good for, I mean, good for them because they probably want to be able to reuse that for other dead people and like older characters and, you know, bring it all back. But that was the one thing I just was like, oh, like it would have been so great to have it feel a little bit more like, what the fuck? Like, you know, it's like, it's actually Luke there in body, but. I appreciate that. I'm sure the masterminds who put this show together are smarter than I am and probably looked at every possible way of producing that scene. And this mm-hmm. is what they went with. They probably filmed it with Seb Stan and were like, not as good as we want this well, to look. And they, yeah. and it, and they did a really good job of, I, I, there wasn't like a concrete leak kind of situation where I felt like yeah. it was still kind of a, like there was still a lot of that. I mean, Ezra I think we all kind of thought who's it gonna be? Yeah. for a while, but you know, I I also kind of was just like, I don't think they're going to show much. I don't think they're, we're going to see, even if it is Luke, we're not going to get much. Gonna get, I thought they were going to cut to credits um, at the elevator ding before the door opened. I was like, oh. ready to be so mad. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh. Yeah. But I did. I asked my husband because he's not as like geeked out as I am. My daughter knew as soon as the robot, as the um, dark troopers stopped punching, she knew that it was, she's like, Luke is coming. And I was like, uh. in hell, like, because I'd already watched it twice. <laughs> but my husband goes, Grogu's going to save them all. And I was like, Mm, okay i guess like and like half of the internet seemed to have been pretty divided on like yeah. whether grogu was going to save everyone or i and i just love when like grogu's ears perk up when the x-wings mm. he coming kind of in. comes back to life yeah. a little yeah bit. and he's yeah. like t- his hand is touching the screen oh that was mm. so great um, he's just following like with his fingers like i i didn't know if he was tr- like communicating with luke at the time to tell luke where dark troopers were in relation because he had access mm. to the screen i i wouldn't that's highly possible i mean i do think that from the moment luke was close they were like force yeah. talking to each yeah. other well, i mean he's been talking to him since the seeing stone yeah so yeah, yeah. especially in the elevator because that's like because he's right on to it for the elevator it's like hey you got like eight more troopers up here be careful yeah true yeah no that's yeah, maybe i think he that's was a good seeing point for him yeah that's a good i thought it was just because he was just like look like you know trying to communicate with dinjar and like this is this is the guy yeah um yeah because when they were all when everyone else in the room was like <laughs> for a beat when dinjar is like open the doors they're all like what the fuck? nuts yeah no. <laughs> also no one no one ever goes it's luke skywalker and luke skywalker doesn't go i'm luke skywalker that's that's what i was gonna say that was my problem with the ending it was because okay well i'm gonna give this child that that means everything to me to this guy that didn't even tell me his name and tell me where he's where they're gonna go when i promised the kid hey i'm gonna see i promise i'll see you again so would would all would all of them have known him like would would Bo-Katan have known him Fennec Fennec would be the one I'd think that would have the best chance of knowing him or or Cara Dune just because she was she was a rebel and so yeah maybe they would have interacted on like Yavin or something like that maybe there would have been an interaction I don't know maybe I don't know if she fought and Hoth or you know I don't know we don't know where what her military what her military but, record looks like but think about because when grogu's used force in front of her including when he tried to choke her out um 
she's never been like oh like this reminds me of this jedi who won the you know war for us and it's not like everyone like it's not also like the events of what happened between luke and the emperor and his father were like streamed like the super bowl you know like nobody was really in there it's just kind of word of mouth like it's a legend but i would think that like anakin skywalker was like such a high profile jedi that everybody like he was in the news all the time that like the name Skywalker and then Luke, everybody knows his name, right? Everybody knows Luke Skywalker. Like he's a celebrity, but like, Mm -hmm. I would think that it seems like he's kept a low profile since Return of the Jedi. Um, We know some of that kind of from the canon books that that's, that's the case. Um, Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So So Skywalker is the boy who lived. I understand. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thanks. Thanks Alex for, Yes, Alex. Thank yes, you Alex. So much. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. Um, yeah, so um, I guess this is it for this this whole season. So yeah, you know, we'll, we'll I... have we'll have some more uh, we'll have some more. Let's all uh, geek out about all the forthcoming content. Yeah, and there's so much of it. So okay, yeah. cool. Well, I will I will talk to you all. I'm I'm sure if not. Happy holidays and uh, clunky to us all. McClunky. Hey, <laughs> I'm glad that I got the memo to wear a hat today. It seems like all the nice. men wore hats today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just wearing Leia's. It's the unwieldy. <laughs> I got my my unwieldy hair is just it's becoming a problem. So yeah, my hair oh. is so it's ridiculous the length the length of it. Like if I it's just like I. It comes down below like the sleeves of my shirt now, and I'm just like, what is happening? Yeah. And I don't, I'm, I just can't get it cut. Why is the right. beard? It just keeps getting longer every episode. I just <laughs> need to wear a Mandalorian helmet and like take it off every couple months so we can see right. how far it's it's grown. Yeah. Um. Well, speaking of McClunky, we do have a post credit scene after right. the saddest uh, goodbye uh, of all time. And um, what are our and and what are our last? We have our the last uh, six words. Or of the of the season, or may the force be with you. Oh. Yes, those are our last words of the season. And don't be afraid if the un go all. Don't be afraid. Right. It's like nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, doesn't I think the may the oh I think well he, I think he says can't... don't be afraid before I before that. Yeah. So that's I think like Luke is be, like but... yeah. Well, you're discounting the most yeah the important... after credit scene. No, oh yeah, I know that, not even different, that. But yeah, but, but you're, you're right for this. No, I'm saying itself. you're just counting the most important words of all, which are we have no clue what Grogu and R two D two said to each other, which is probably yes, like, is true. Yeah, like, this is true. Hey, hey, again, like remember me? Like my first owner is the asshole who killed like, all of your friends your in the friends. temple before you got rid of your family and everyone. Yeah, um, good do you to think see he you knows? Again. Do you That's, think he knows R two? Oh, totally, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it seemed yeah. like like R2 was really excited, but they I didn't were know. Super if, excited to see each other. If like, yeah. he was excited because like Yoda like... used to pound me the crap out of me with his cane back in the day, but <laughs> you look yeah. a lot like Yoda. That's really. I exciting. want a translation but, right away. But yeah. Whoever I, I, does that, I want that. I want that conversation. I guess technically, though, Grogu would have been in the room with the Padawans, right? That with the younglings. In we the don't. Room yeah. We don't know. We don't know how he how. Somebody smuggled them out, but we don't yeah. know how yet, which I think we'll probably get a flashback to. Yeah. I mean, Grogu probably just told R2-D2. Like, R2-D2 was probably like, hey, dude, like, how'd you get out of that shit? 
Groot's still, like, well, I'm man, still... like in in a in like some dude's backpack, like Mace Windu's backpack. <laughs> I'm still not dis- I'm still not discounting that Obi Wan Kenobi television show that I think Grogu might be in it. I think I that so might be. So. That would be I so think badass. that might be why Obi Wan has to one of the Padawans. Yeah, maybe there's a handful mm. of kids like of all kinds that got scattered across the universe who yeah. made it out. So don't know. Yeah, um, we'll find out. But it's yeah, the, to find out. I know, I know. But yeah, as you were saying, we we get the we get the the first Star Wars post credit scene ever. <laughs> so Kevin, this Kevin yeah. Feige is like, yes. My hand is in it now. Yeah. We'll marvelize this. It this is. We've it done. works. It yeah. wor- people are expecting after credit scenes now. It's just and the way it works. We got confirmation too that not only are all of the disparate shows that are happening like going to have like some interwoven concepts, but they're all going to culminate in one massive Marvel Avengers style event. Yeah. Yeah, and even even right. Disney Disney movies were throwing a lot of after credit scenes after Frozen after Moana. Right. You get your after credit scenes. So I mean, yeah. I mean, they they mostly had to do with the, the movies themselves and kind of expanding right. the story of the movie. But this is nice to get Moana a, a also new story like uh, what Marvel does, like setting up other stories. Yes, Moana yeah. featuring Boba Fett uh, voice actor Tamara Morrison. <laughs> right. Right. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah, we 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 are we go. He's going back to Tatooine. Did to anyone not the like, whole business? Wait, okay. So <laughs> can we just can we just discuss Fat Bib Fortuna? <laughs> Big Fat Bib Fortuna. <laughs> and so he's like an albino Twi'lek, right? <laughs> That's like his thing. Like he's the whitest Twi'lek. Twi'lek Twi'lek. Is it pronounced Twi? I think either way. I think potato okay. potato. Okay, right. cool. But uh, but yeah, because I I we. Like we didn't have cable when I was growing up and I was in college. What we did have was a th- we had a DVD player, a television set and the three original mo- movies that we just ran back to back to back to back. And we just yeah. always watched through those three movies. That, that was like our that's what just what we did. We just sat down, and watched right. Star, Star Wars and yeah. ate food yeah. and, and, and joked Same and just shot the shit. But one of our favorite things in in Star Wars Return of the Jedi, if you watch Bib Fortuna in the background when nothing's going on, he's just like he just like opens yeah. his mouth wide and his like eyes get really big and we just like, what's he doing? Yeah, <laughs> he like, looks like something it. you would find at the bottom of the ocean and like the part where the water is like doesn't sustain life anymore. Yeah. And then yeah. he's like, oh shit, like a submarine took a that picture. lobby thing. <laughs> he, yeah. His fingernails have gotten like super long and gross. gross. It's so nice. Um, yeah. yeah, and of so, course it got got the big yeah. neck jowls and stuff too right well my he, daughter goes is that what jabba looks like before he got fat and i'm like no honey it's not no. not the same not Different the species. same yeah yeah so he's got a staff and there's a sigil on the top and i was trying to figure out if maybe it was crimson dawn Ooh. um but i don't think it is i don't know if the sigil it means anything but i i was curious i was just like oh, man hmm, be cool. i don't know what that symbol is symbol um, symbol means discount at the buffet from the way he was <laughs> he was yeah. filling out that throne yeah, <laughs> yeah. he was definitely has a big throne to fill and yes he does like they actually right. had to put a chair on that whole throne that was filled yeah. up by jabba before yeah. so yeah. and bib apparently survived i thought he was on that cell barge but apparently not yeah so did i he must have been hanging, ch- chilling out back on at the at the, at the fortress the, the palace and yeah yeah I yeah guess he wasn't I, part of the the uh, traveling squad yep <laughs> so one thing that speaking of sound editor sound editors 
So uh, Bib Fortuna is voiced by Matthew Wood, who voiced General Grievous in the movies yep. and in the TV show, oh, cool. but is also like one of the big sound editors for all of Lucasfilm. So he's hmm. been working on Lucasfilm properties since the Young Indiana Jones series in the 90s. And actually helped redo the remasters of the original trilogy for the sound Mm. editing stuff. So he's like, his sound editing credits are insanely large, but then he's also Mm. a voice actor. And is he like that architect that (laughs) that got got invited to do um, the scene? Well, I think he's the governor. (laughs) He's far more, he has a far more prolific acting acting background because he did all those original voices. (laughs) Um, but he also was the uncredited Bib Fortuna in episode one because we see uh, Bib yeah. So it's cool Sweet. that they got an actor from that to play the character I later. I bet he gets a lot yeah. more um, work in future years yeah. now. So, yeah, and he, he gets shot pretty quickly. I mean, any shot. <laughs> Boban, no, like uh, it's a yeah. full shot. Uh, the clunky. Well, I like, <laughs> that, I like that Fennec went in there and just cleaned up, but like also like freed the Twi'lek like that. Yeah. Me, like she, cause yeah. like you could tell she was like fucking keeping a girl as a slave. Like it's, it's not anymore. Like to me, yeah. that felt very significant after we just saw four women like yes. destroy yes. A, um, a lightly staffed light cruiser. And then, um, <laughs> it just anytime you get like the shadow uh, with, with like the oh. shadow coming down the steps of Jabba's palace, like especially after what we had just seen with the <laughs> the Luke and the cape and this the that scene on the light cruiser, like I just I don't know. It's it's it was just too. It was almost like because at first I was like, why are the post credits the they're so long this time? Because normally I, I watch them anyway, just because they're the the concept art. No, no concept yeah. art though. That I know. was a bummer. I know. Yes. Yes. I'm sure there will be a whole big gallery episode like yeah, full of it. Perhaps. I can't yeah. wait to watch that. Oh, but like that was just oh, like seeing his shadow, of course, coming down. Like hers first was very reminiscent of um of Leia, Leia in costume coming down. Yes. Coming down. Yeah. yeah. It's the skirts and then Boba coming back down like it like he owned the place and now he does. Yeah. So it's now just he's like... gonna run, run that <laughs> literally. Run and a lot of my friends have get... Yeah, I know. Well a lot of my friends have texted me and saying, like, I can't wait to read that book. And I'm like, No guys, it's a fucking show. <laughs> it's a show called <laughs> The Book, the book of, of Boba, Boba Fett. Fett. And they're so, like, Oh, okay. <laughs> so something I don't think this is by any means the case, but I was like, Does this mean that because the book of Boba Fett's coming out the same time they said the Mandalorian season three is coming out. Both are coming out in December, 2021. And then I, hmm. then I also was like, well, are we, since we closed the story on Grogu, are we shifting to another Mandalorian and season three of the Mandalorian is Boba Fett? Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting uh, point. They're in pre-production already with when Pedro Pascal is contracted. Is contracted. Season four. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, I, I just find it weird. They're going to release both of those things. At the yeah. Same no, time. it's going to be it, from what I've heard is that so far is that this is going to be like a very um, creature appreciative uh, miniseries, like a six episode, kind of like they're doing with Obi-Wan, but like that this is going to be mm. like for people who dig the job of, palace and the and the moss size oh i can't wait yeah Mm -hmm. so it's gonna be very muppety (laughs) nice and that boba fett's theme is badass so cool yeah Yeah. so great um though i was surprised and we do get our oh go ahead no i didn't mean to cut you off um i i just wanted to state too like with everybody going down the steps i was surprised that 
in a return to Jabba's palace that it wasn't Boba leading the charge down the steps. Oh, but for the for the climactic build, I mean, it, it made it, it made it, it made it look awesome. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. you know, yeah. he and was like, definitely also, walking in to own that place. It, and yeah, you know, and when you have Fennec, I mean, why not send her first because she's just going to mop up everybody for and you. And it's so. kind of <laughs> cool too, like that. I don't know, like the um, with the Jedi and the Sith, you know, you always have this like apprentice and master relationship, right? Yeah. And she, it's so cool because in in the world, like the world that we live in post Boba Fett, like or w- when we thought he was dead, mm-hmm. she reached the pinnacle of bounty hunting, right? Like she was sort of like the the like leaderboard. Yeah. like um mvp of the guild well like fuck that because boba fett's still alive so like now like she's back to being the apprentice to the actual master bounty hunter, right which is boba mm-hmm. fett so like right. and now the mandalorian's not really a bounty hunter anymore like we don't even really know what he is so criminal syndicate ruler. not 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 all mandalorians are bounty hunters yeah i, know. Yeah. I didn't know exactly. sidekicks were allowed to talk <laughs> yeah. well that ain't the skanky gone the something slimy <laughs> <laughs> the skank and the scud the pie. The skanky and the scud pie slimy. I don't know. It's, it's one of those quotes. There's not enough nerf herders. Yeah. You know? yes. we, haven't, we haven't gotten oh. a nerf herder. Oh, I, I just want to see a field of nerfs. Maybe and, uh yeah. maybe and maybe there'll be one in our <laughs> Maybe are, they be... like cat- are they like large cats? Is it like very difficult? They, I picture them like goats. <laughs> they they kind of look like they got really like dinglingy kind of noses. Oh, oh, are they like the big like, fl- like Walrus the big man. bulbous things in the uh, original movie that are in the planes? When when not that the first like the old ones when they're showing the love scene between the two of the P- Padme and uh, Anakin and they're in that field with those oh, yeah. big elephanty <laughs> things like the, the big r- large bulbous bodied things. <laughs> those those yeah, look kind of like nerfs to me. Oh, no. Um, no, what, ner- is, what about nerfs, the, uh... nerfs look like their nerfs are straight up i forgot i keep forgetting this i think they're a different creature than they are okay they are they look like um uh a bison oh okay oh yeah that's yeah that's right i do remember those um i was gonna say that that strikers call back to like the worst honeymoon of all time though <laughs> as um, we enjoy our frolicking in the fields oh, um <laughs> the movie's yeah. horrible. Sorry, I just realized. I just really love the dialogue in those films. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Sand I mean, gets everywhere. Yeah. That's the worst. <laughs> um. Well, I don't know. Maybe we'll we'll get. Well, he does hate sand, sand, our, sand people. So in yeah. Our, um, <laughs> in our commercial from our new sponsor, Stephen, maybe we'll get some nerf herders or some herds sure. and nerfs nerfs to herd referenced. Nerf Star Wars blasters. Well. Um, <laughs> I guess that's that for this week. We have yeah. uh, we have a couple of exciting things that happening. We've got the for this week. Um, some people have some time off from work to listen. We've got the rest of our um, independent filmmaker series um, interviews with Phil Knowlton, Chisa Hutchinson, and Ken Perlstein. Um, the one-on-one interviews that were subsequent to the roundtable that we released last week. Steve and I will have um, some more Star Wars what ifs and what the fuck stuff to to release in coming weeks um striker who are the Steelers playing this week or did you guys already play no we play monday night against the cincinnati Bengals, and if they win monday night they get 
to win the division and they're locked into a two or a three seed. So uh, that's nice. what Steeler Nation podcast will be on Tuesday at two o'clock live on the, our Facebook and Twitter. But uh, it'll be reposted then on the site, SteelerNation.com. So sweet. Well, thanks, guys, for sticking with us for this fantastic season of The Mandalorian. And please let us know what you think in the Facebook group or on Patreon. Drop us a line. Um, And do like and subscribe, please. Like, subscribe, (laughs) share. Share with your friends. Um, And thank you. May the force be with you. Yeah. And beep, boop, 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 beep. Pew pew. (laughs) (laughs) Do. May the force be with you.